Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast primarily dedicated to Viaplay Cup semi-finalists, Hart and Midlothian, who are sadly knocked out of the League Cup at the semi-final stage, courtesy of a defeat to Rangers at the National Stadium. Joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the latest episode of Hamden Heartache for the Hearts, amongst other things, is Daniel McIver. McIver, how are you, my friend? All right, I'm doing well. Uh, I think it, regardless of what we all hoped, I think the past weekend went how we all kind of knew it was going to go. But apart from that, doing good. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Um, as Gennaro Gattuso says, sometimes maybe good, sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. Um, yep. It was... Uh, it was a decent weekend, which was ultimately ruined by 90 minutes, as is currently the norm. So, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it's a good laugh. I, I, I wanted to say I was actually at the uh, I was at the Lombardia Hearts Sports Club dinner oh, on on Saturday night. That was really good fun. Um, and then Sunday, took the Royal Hearts bus uh, to and from the game on Sunday, caught up with all my pals. Um, Cy Rennie, who owns the the Royal Hotel in Pennycook does a brilliant job in getting us all organised for the for the Hearts game so so shout out to Sai, my my surrogate father an absolute legend um, but sadly he wasn't responsible for, for the weekend's results so yeah. we saw each yeah. other from a distance we ended up being oh, you, quite reasonably close to each you, other you saw me I, I didn't see you I had no idea yeah, where you were I, I, I was found you looking up into the abyss and just yeah, yeah. <sighs> yes <laughs> yeah that was the big positive that I found you, and then it just all went downhill. It's <laughs> like right. So. My, my positive was that I was reeking because imagine I couldn't, <laughs> I can I can do what you do and watch it sober. It just that's the absolute fear. Think of that. Whenever you're annoyed and oh feeling God. rubbish about it, take another level that I have to deal with every single that time about being fit. sober. A fair play to you because it's just it's not Thank for you. me. Not for me that. <laughs> um, <laughs> look before we get into kind of. The two games that we've got to to talk about, I want to get this the kind of sour stuff and sad stuff out of the way first. Just want to say that obviously the League Cup finals took place at Hampden Park this weekend, um, and Saturday's match saw Aberdeen and Hibernian go head to head at Hampden. And regardless of the result, I, I was really sad to see that a Hibs fan lost their life outside of Hampden Park. Um, very very sad, and obviously I think we both as a podcast. Everybody listening to this, as much as the rivalry with Hibs, it's somebody's dad, it's potentially somebody's granddad. Um, so our, both our immediate thoughts obviously go out to the gentleman's family and friends. I'm assuming you echo that exact sentiment, MacGyver. Yeah, of course. It was really, really sad to hear that. It's very much that old adage where it's like, you should never not come home after mm. football. And sadly, it does tend to happen a lot. Um, it's As you said there, it's like, the Hearts uh, rivalry, but it is often a rivalry that comes together for a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, just with this time of year, uh, just last week it was the anniversary of Marius Zaljukas's uh, very sudden death, and that then came 24 hours before the announcement that Kevin Nisbet made that his dad had died, and it very much both sides of the Aisle, if you want to say that, came together to kind of help each other, and it's it's been lovely. Obviously, sad that it's had to happen, but it's been lovely seeing the outpouring of support from multiple Hearts P 
people, fans, people involved with the club and stuff like that. So yeah, very much just thoughts go out to his friends and family and just it's never great that they we keep kind of hearing stories like this. No, definitely not. May he rest in peace. Um, but on a lighter note, we have got two games to talk about. Like I say, we're gonna just try and zoom through the first because we spoke about it briefly before we came on. That that Livingston game was a snooze fest for the most part. Uh, but before that, we're gonna go around the grounds, chat about the other midweek matches. Uh, Hibernian and Ross County played out a two-each draw on Halloween. Um, we recorded Halloween, didn't we? Yeah, we I'm did. Saying that, yeah. No, the Monday we were the Monday. No, we didn't. Because yeah, was, we recorded yeah, the day before we released on yeah, Halloween. Yeah, right. We released on Halloween. Um, so, so that was a good laugh. Um, and especially when... considering they were two 0 up, and then Jordan <laughs> White turned into Ronaldo and scored the best goal he's ever scored. <laughs> And there was a quartet of matches on the Wednesday which accompanied our game in Livingston, that's right. Celtic left it late to get the better of high-flying St Mirren, 2-1 at Parkhead. Uh, Dundee have been renowned for being a tough nut to crack, but that wasn't the case for Rangers as they went up to Dens in possibly the latest Scottish Premiership match to ever play. Um, and they won 5-0 ahead of us, or meeting us at Hamden, I should say. Um, there was a six-goal thriller at Fur Park. Um, I think the vast majority of the Scottish public were amazed when Aberdeen raced into a four-goal lead, um, but not overly surprised to see them concede two. Uh, this is Motherwell lost 4-2 to Aberdeen at Fur Park. And St Johnston were winless prior to their first Scottish I forgot about this. of the season as they beat Kilmarnock by two goals to one at McDermott Park. Now, that was before, obviously, they made the announcement that they made which we'll come to no doubt later on in the episode. However, I'm so excited. What, <laughs> what did you make of the other quintet of Scottish Premiership matches that took place last midweek? Focusing on St. Uh, St. Johnson for a second, of course they won. Of course they <laughs> win. That thing, Listen, I, I think the general sentiment amongst St. Johnston fans was that there's no real ill will towards Steve McLean no. or Liam Craig. He's a St. Johnston. They're both St. Johnston legends. Yeah, exactly. And I think they very much were just like, right, this isn't working, so leave now before it starts to turn horrifically. And as we said last week, you could tell by his interview after that St Mirror game that he was done. Oh, <laughs> it was on a shoot peg at the very best. Yes, exactly. But just really funny, Killy are such a weird team this season where they look like they can be world beaters to anybody can beat them. I don't really know what's going on. I think it's just a carbon copy whereby they just have a phobia of like anti-Ayrshire-ism and they just cannot <laughs> play anywhere else other than Rugby Park on that Astral. They, I that think it's, it's them and St Johnston are the only two teams yet to win away from home in the league, I think I'm right in saying so. I think that's true. Absolutely, absolutely no surprise. It just seems like Derek McInnes is killing. This is just ingrained into their their psyche. I, I don't know. Yeah, very true. Uh, the Rangers game, obviously, we were like at being at the Livingston game and just checking score updates and being like, it's still no kicked off. What's happening? And just seeing what happened, and then the fourth goal where the ref just gets in the way and the Dundee player and preventing that. Just what a laugh that was, basically. Um, oh, St Mirren are just good. St Mirren are just really good. St Mirren are annoyingly good. Yeah, it's really, really frustrating. Uh, and however, they did lose, but by all accounts, it was very tight and Random Celtic kind of yeah. like 
Yeah. And then Motherwell and Aberdeen. <laughs> I, obviously, we'll get to, Motherwell's going to be quite important to the th- running oh, thread of don't. this podcast. <laughs> right? Don't. It's going to be very important. And just, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what Motherwell are doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. Kettlewell Ball seems to be out the stadium. Oh, I there's, just... there's a severe power cut over at Far Park. Yes, The, the kettle's exactly. no longer boiling. And but Aberdeen sure on the flip side, back on though. this weekend. Oh, don't. We'll get to that. <laughs> Aberdeen, I saw that and I was like, oh, well... Is that is this it? Is Jamie McGrath back after getting a double? He's not been back for about three years. It's felt like, but what's happening? So yeah, I just it was such a weird midweek run, basically. And then yeah, Hibs were really funny. You just think, oh right, two 0 that's it. And then Nick Montgomery seems to do the thing that Montgomery, Robson, and Naismith are all either succeeding or failing by substitutions. <laughs> and just massively changed the game which we will get to more when we speak about the weekend's results as well just crazy and it they just bottle it I, I guess there's two sides to the coin as well whereby like from Alki Mackay bringing on Jan Danda and Jordan White totally changed the complexion of that game yeah. those two have to start I think for for Ross County week in week out I, I'm a big fan yeah, of Jan Danda so I, I think yep he should have. He should have came cocky, but that's fine. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Yandanda. We're here to talk about heart squeezing past Livingston. I'm just going to keep this brief. McIver obviously made five changes from the team that had played Rangers at Ibrox the weekend prior. Stephen Kingsley, Cami Devlin, Alex Lowry, Alan Forrest, and Liam Boyce all coming into the starting eleven. At Toby Civic, Adela Faya, Callum Newenhoff, George Grant, and Kenneth Vargas. Vargas's expenses yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess uh, that meant that Hearts lined up in a 3-5-2 it was Xander Clark in goal back three of Stephen Kingsley Frankie Kent and Kai Rolls Alan Forrest right wing back Alex Cochran left wing back uh, Cammy Devlin and Benny Beningamy in the midfield with Alex Lowry supporting Liam Boyce and Lauren Shankland what did you make of that radical shake up I was alright with it I felt a bit bad for Neuenhoff because I thought he was really good at Ibrox and felt, oh, that's a bit of a shame that he's been dropped. But I understood it. Do you think that was with yeah. one eye on the weekend? Probably. Well, especially now that we saw the team, yeah. definitely. Um, I, I think now's probably the best time to say this because he, he won't come up again for the rest of the episode. I really, really hope Adele Fire is okay. Oh, big time! I know it's a, it's an absolute sin. Actually, what's happening to to that guy? Yeah, it's so. I'd said on Twitter, I was like, it's bad at the best of times. It, it's never great when any athlete gets. Th- I was about to say injuries, but it's not like illnesses no. like this that prevent them from featuring. But it's even worse when it's like this is his first loan spell. He's a young guy starting his career, and it's just being halted. And I do, just, I know, I understand where I'm seeing some people be like. This shouldn't be our problem to deal with. Send him back to his parent club. I'm like, nah, he's here. He's our player for this season. So if eventually Brighton go, no, 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 we'd rather have him back and deal with that's fine. But I think it's our duty and responsibility to look after him and make sure he's all right. Without a doubt. I mean, if he performs in a maroon shirt, these would be the exact first type of people that would be saying, oh, we'd absolutely love for Adele Fire to extend his stay at heart. Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. I agree yeah. with you. If he's in the building, he's our responsibility. 
Yeah, totally. But yeah, very much hope he's okay. And that then did explain. I'll be honest, Definitely. I just thought he was hurt because he obviously he came off hurt with a back issue against Rangers. So I just assumed, I oh, he's hurt. Such, such a curious case. I, yeah. I really want um, to get to the bottom of it for, for his sake. But generally, I was like, I'm chuffed with this team. This should be enough. And in one way, it very much was enough considering how dominant we were. But in another way, it almost didn't work. Very much so. Uh, look, if we were to sum this game up, it was like like watching attacking drills up yeah, against a, 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 a defensive kind of unit for basically an hour and a half. That's virtually what it was. Uh, but we did get there in the end, thanks to Kenneth Vargas' sole goal. Off the bench, McIver, just how happy were you to see our young Costa Rican get off the mark in a maroon shirt? Delighted because I celebrated and then I think I realised that it was Vargas, so I had another mini celebration. <laughs> it was just, I'm so chuffed for him. You could tell by his celebration he was buzzing as well. Oh, um, definitely. We'll get to him fucking later on, but it got him up, uh, it annoyed and got up Richard Cobb, whose mentions <laughs> were, were oh, mental. Those mental as ours, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. We'll get to that later, but. That was great. I'm just really chuffed for him. Hopefully, obviously, he didn't have a great run of it in terms of goal scoring or goal mouth action at the weekend. But hopefully in the league, this allows him to kick on. This allows him to push forward. And he's got that confidence of being like, right, found the back of the net. Let's just keep this going. Did you uh, did you see on Clive on Super Scoreboard, I think it was Monday night, Andy Halliday was asked, they do like a beat the pundit section, so they'll get a caller right. to, to challenge a pundit. And Andy Halliday was sat next to Roger Hanna, who was doing it, and Gordon Duncan went over to Andy Halliday and said, In what nationality is Hearts' Kenneth Vargas? Which was one of the questions. And Andy Halliday thought he was Chilean. Fuck's sake, man. And then, and then later on, the following week, he also said, he also said one of the questions was, um, what was Stephen Kingsley's last club before signing for Hearts and Halliday's in Swansea as well? This is why you're not getting a game, Andy. You don't even care who you're fucking playing with, mate. It's my deal square, but I did, I did just burst out laughing at that. I, I, I just watched Kenneth Vargas and just, I'm inspired to just buy a Spanish dictionary and attempt to start learning a language at this at this right page. Uh, just, what a wonderful young man. Pura vida. That is very fair. Living, living life. But, yeah. but before we move on to obviously the main game that we want to talk about, I have to speak about Livingston. What uh, what what did you make of their approach, let's call it? <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Right, I'm very much one who's a, I'm part of that David Martin Martindale fan club. Right? I think we both I like, like Martindale. Them. Yeah, definitely. I, I do not agree However... with the shouts that he should be heart of Midlothian manager. I mean, I just like him as a guy. That hour and a half just confirms it to me. Like, yeah. thanks, but no thanks. And listen, Martindale has undoubtedly been a success at Livingston. He's been fantastic for them. He always says there that his boards turn to him and say, get us 10th. I don't think he's ever finished as low as 10th so far as a no, manager... Like, I know he's been involved in setups that have maybe finished that well, but he as a manager is not. It's a style of football that works, especially at home, frustrates team, and it was fucking frustrating. But you said it last week. We never beat Livingston last year. 
two draws, two losses, I think it was. And I, I've always felt Martin Dale, yeah, listen, he comes to Tynecastle and is defensive. That's his style. It's very much like pragmatic, like, right, we'll soak in, soak in, soak in and push forward. I, I have, I genuinely, the only game I can kind of contrast it to is that's the most defensive performance I've seen since we beat Alloa 6-0 in the last game of the season of the championship season at home. That was like, they offered nothing. They didn't, it was as if they no. came in and Martindale went act like we're 1-0 up from the first whistle and just don't offer anything. And considering the context of us, that we've yeah. just been in a bit of a shambles, you'd think Martindale would be like, right, yeah, sit tight, sit back, be compact. But we can get at this Hearts team. And I'll oh, say this really? because I feel like he's going to be a person that comes up later on because I've not spoke to you about him, but I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it. But generally, I don't think Kai Rose will have an easier game in his life as a professional footballer. I thought he was man of the match, and I saw he made... Kai Rolls made 121 passes in that game. The Jesus. highest Livingston player was Jason Holt, who made 81. Jesus. <laughs> like, Crikey. it was unbelievable. But yeah, just... And that, it's made me completely reevaluate my thoughts on Livingston, and I think they could go into that in 11th spot. I, re- I really do think they're in trouble. I think yeah. it's funny how we've talked about Kai Rogues going up against a big physical presence as well. You'd think that mm. if Livingston came with, I don't want to say ambition, but an intent to, to hurt yeah. hearts, let's say, you'd think that Joel Newbley would be the perfect foil to go up against Rogues, and you totally. get runners in and around him. I just. I thought their approach was really, really strange. Yeah. Um, and ultimately played in our hands, but thank God, got there in the end and picked up a massive win and a massive morale boost ahead of the weekend and the League Cup semi-final against Rangers, obviously, stood us in good stead, given that we know the outcome. But before, <laughs> before we chat about that, uh, we're going to go around the grounds about other matches that sort of concern us or other matches that, that were taking place with, with Scotland's top teams at the weekend. In the Scottish Premiership on Saturday, there was a lunchtime kickoff up in the Highlands as Celtic swept past Ross County by three goals to nil, uh, and Motherwell's rotten form continued as Kilmarnock, like I say, just love those home home matches, love those home victories, edging past the Steelmen by a sole goal, and then of course in the League Cup semi-final, as we alluded to earlier, ten-man Hibernian didn't get the better. Of Barry Robson's Reds as Aberdeen snuck past the High Bees, uh, thanks to Boyan Mayofsky's goal, despite their deficit. And Sunday's match, sole match in the Scottish Premiership, was Dundee sneaking past Livingston 1 0 at Dens Park, courtesy of a cracking free kick from Luke McCowan. Um, what did you make of those other games, mate? Celtic Cross County, Celtic comfortably win a game, great. So annoying for like, that Ross County Red, just kills yeah. any chance that you've got yeah so Definitely. so annoying and and it was a red like it's a terrible, oh totally terrible tackle totally um i'll speak about the other premiership game it's a great free kick for dundee Lovely it's free an kick. amazing free kick and yeah just compounds livingston to further that was an absolute uh, you know it's bad yeah. when i called one nil so that's that, yeah, was, that totally. was just the, the most the most obvious of score lines kelly as well um, another home victory 
piling on the misery for Motherwell, but again, I just uh, really worried, <laughs> really so worried the weekend because guess what club are going to step forward and their run will come to an end. Everybody's beating them. Um, yeah, like, and didn't was it this game where it seemed that they've kind of lost Vassell, but it 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 seems to just be a dead leg that he went. Off yeah, I from. think so. I think that is right, right, okay. Um, obviously, the game we're most interested in over the weekend, apart from ours, was the other semi final. I think you said Ted Man Hibernian. I assume. Oh, did I? Sorry, Ted Man, Man Aberdeen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was like, did that? Because I wasn't. What? I'll be honest. I'll hold my hands up. I didn't watch a second of it. I was no, watching the Newcastle Arsenal game, and I was off at this Lombardy Hearts. Yeah. Day, so yeah, I wasn't watching it. And I was very much like, I'm not even going to check the score. I don't because I wanted Aberdeen to win so badly. I was like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. And then it got to ten past seven, and I was like, if it's been full time, it will be done now. And I went to check, and my phone before my phone showed me the score, it said full time, and I was like, shit, someone's won. It's probably going to be Hibs. And then I see one nil, Mayovsky getting. Um, we're speaking again about Nick Montgomery and these substitutions. I've only seen, I've now seen the highlights, by the way. But by all accounts, Hibs were very much dominant oh, in that game. You lo- you love to see it. You really yeah. that literally that just that sums up epitomizes Hibernian FC, and they're yeah. just the the best rivals you could ever ask for. Brilliant, totally. Uh, it was Jack McKenzie that got sent off for Aberdeen. It was yes. for the stupidest red card you've ever seen. I don't mean stupid for people who haven't seen it. I don't mean stupid as in like it was never a red. I mean Jack McKenzie's a fucking idiot for doing what he did. And again, like you think, just you're to- you're just playing into their hands. Yeah, just, what are you doing? Like, oh, and then, however, though, but Aberdeen looked better to with ten you. men. When saw we the need goal. to get you. You need to be put on a platform here. Big oh, up your your favourite man alive before he moved to Leith. Because Boyan Mayowski oh. isn't he very fast. I get you right? referencing now. Yeah. <laughs> He's not the fastest person in the world. He's got a wee bit of it at some but I'd kind of put him around Shankland level. It looks like he's running beside someone who's got a big weight tied around them because Dylan Levitt, who's just on, by Dylan, the way, he's, he's not started. What is that? What is that? I mean, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> exactly. What I is told that? you, mate. He's a hero. <laughs> this has been your two-year ta- plan. The money that he's taken out of that club, just doing nothing, chilling on the bench, and then when he does play, he's been <laughs> This has been your elaborate plan. Um, Um, You can see see why I'm not a chief scout. (laughs) But the subs that Montgomery made, apparently Boyle was like, had a nick or something like that. Loads of angry fans missing. Why does he take Venti off for a 16-year-old? Don't get it. it What is he doing? And then, by the way, the goal's offside. Boyle is offside. I saw the reaction to it, right? Don't. And was like, oh, this must be... Insane the way everybody Nick Montgomery doesn't even understand the rules. He's going if it takes five or six minutes, it's not clear and obvious. That's not how offside works, mate. It's not about I get clear his frustration, but in terms of like how long it takes, but that's fine. I mean, that's but it's it's I, not exactly. a clear and obvious no. issue. Uh, and then I saw the first replay without the lines, and I went, "Oh, Boyle's off there." But I then thought Boyle was going to play it to someone else who was like <laughs> slightly off, and then it was like, "Oh no, is Boyle offside?" I was like, he just "Yes, yeah." I could just see that he's offside. 
So just so funny. So funny. I love them. I love Hibernian as rivals. I do love Hibernian as rivals, but simultaneously that comes with being a Heart of Midlothian supporter, which... Yeah. yeah I will say, at this point, I got into like a zen-like state about the semi-final. We were I was just like, like right. if we get through, this is it. Yeah. And I thank God no it's hope. not them. Yeah. And it was just like, I can't deal with a month and a bit of build-up to oh, another cup final no. against them. A week before Christmas, like, no, yep. you can ram that right up your arse. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, McIver, no such worries. It'd be nice to have a, a final to look forward to against Aberdeen, <laughs> but, but sadly, no such joy. Um, in terms of team selection for our second meeting with Rangers inside a week... Toby Civic came in at right wing back, replacing Alan Forrest in the starting eleven. Callum Newenhoff replaced his compatriot Cammy Devlin in order to partner Benny Beringame in the middle of the park. And George Grant also started in midfield, replacing the ineligible Alex Lowry. In attack, Kenneth Vargas was rewarded after netting his first Hearts goal against Livingston in midweek, uh, taking Liam Boyce's spot to partner Lawrence Shankland up front. That meant that the Jambos stuck with the 3-5-2, Xander Clark in goal, back three of Frankie Kent, Kyros and Stephen Kingsley, Toby Sivik at right wing back, Alex Cochran at left wing back with a midfield trio of Benny Beringame, George Grant and Callum Newenhoff with Kenneth Vargas and Lawrence Shankland leading the line. What did you make in terms of, what did you make of our team selection at the National Stadium to take on Rangers? I immediately went, that's wrong. That's the wrong team. <laughs> that's the spirit. That- I shouldn't. I shouldn't be seeing their names listed. Uh, yeah, I was sat eating food. We were already actually up in in that McDonald's at Ham beside the Asda. Oh, was yes. in there. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, was in there and got the team lines, and I just went, "This, this is the wrong personnel." I was fine with the system. I was totally fine with the system. I understood why we were going back to that because whilst the result didn't work. Yeah, you could argue it served us well. Uh, yeah, dogs. totally. Yeah. For 88 minutes, it was fine. We were doing fine. So I was like, yep, absolutely, that's no bother. But I was like, Forrest and Devlin had to start. Forrest, because I don't think Alan Forrest is this god that will unlock everything. But I thought it was very one-sided a defence, because whilst, oh, yeah... It was lopsided. You, you like to think it's a 3-5-2, in actuality, because of who we're playing, it's a 5 3 2. Try to be as optimistic so, as I can, McIver. Yeah, I know. I'm positive but... spin on things here. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a right. tough gig, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Officially, it was a 3 5 2, so you are right. I, I won't look, take look, that. If Mob says it, that's good enough for me. Exactly. That's a very good way to take it. I've, as I've just seen, Hibs have went 1 0 up against St. Mirren. As Bloody well. hell, really? Josh Campbell. Oh my god. My Hibs mates so, weren't too impressed with, the, uh, with their team. This evening. Oh, crikey, I didn't well, see that coming. They're winning. Uh, but uh, we right. weren't winning at all with our personnel because I just felt Cochrane is in his natural good position where he can get up and get down and be a nuisance, try and whip balls in. But the problem is, Toby Sibick is not a right wing back. He's not a right wing back. Now, I know Alan Forrest isn't either, by the way. I'm not sat here going, we have the perfect player. No, oh. I know that, but... <laughs> Ty! Hello! Hi, Adam. Hi, Hearts Hierarchy! <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> Who's ever mentioned that before? <laughs> 
Yeah. Hello. Um, We've been waiting for a right wing back for a while since Nathaniel Atkinson got hurt and Michael Smith we knew he was leaving the club. Um, and also, it's not like O'Fire is a right wing back. Or like the week before or nothing like that. O'Fire isn't one either, so it's not like if he was available, oh, we would have been fine. So, I just felt Forrest would have given us more attacking outlet. And, listen, I get it, Grant got an assist for Vargas's goal midweek. I thought it was literally the only thing he did. Oh, I'm delighted that he did it. I'm actually annoyed that I didn't speak about that pass because it was beautiful. It was a great pass. Right? It was a you. great ball. That's, that's literally it. This is, yeah. this is my primary frustration with George Grant. Tiny moments of brilliance in the rarest of spells. Yeah. Yes, the goal at Rugby Park in this very cup competition's mm-hmm. quarterfinal and the pass to set up Vargas against Livingston. Aside from that this season, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and I just felt that... I was happy that Neuenhoff came back in. I, I was chuffed yeah. with that. Um, I was going to ask I thought, you, when, when you, when you say about Devlin, would that be at Benny Beringham's expense given the lack no. of game time? No. I would have played Benny, Devlin and Neuenhoff. I would have dropped Grant. Interesting. I would have played a three because I, fe- I just felt like we we're to not going to have... down the wings. Yeah, we're not going to have a 10 and everything isn't going to be central. It's going to be, if you play Forrest and Cochrane, at least that gives us two out balls where you can hope and just play that three with Neuenhoff kind of being the most progressive and try to link defence and attack. Benny being the sitter and just taking the ball and pushing forward and and Devlin just just being that buzz bomb running everywhere. Grant, I felt like we didn't play with a 10. Grant and Neuenhoff Whenever Rangers had the ball, Very Grant was helping Cochrane yeah. and Neuenhoff was helping Civic. And it just meant that we were completely one-dimensional. It was, oh, the only thing we're going to do here is an out-ball to Vargas. But we didn't even really do that either. So I just felt the personnel no. was wrong from the start. I was fine with the system... And I'm very much one who understands why you would take this pragmatic approach, especially on that massive pitch, stuff like that. I'm, I have no bother with that. I just felt, I don't think this is going to work the way he wants it to work. I'm pleased you mentioned the, the massive park just there because I thought that Benny Beningham has not played a lot of football recently. I thought this mm-hmm. would be a killer shift for him, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, I thought that the midfield trio, for all intents and purposes, was going to be the two Aussies, I knew and often Devlin and Grant ahead of that. And That's I love Be- I love yeah. Benny Beningham to bits. I'm one of his biggest fans. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I I just thought he's not. I don't think he's fully match fit. If that like, which he's, you're right, like, right? He's he's featured quite a bit recently, but I, I don't think that he's near back to being his best yet. I. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I know all about sports science and fitness and stuff like that, because I fucking don't. But it's starting to get to the point now where it's like, right, come on, Benny, how are you not... It, it, because See I what thought I mean? Benny... Like it's, it's such a, he's another curious case, where it's like, what's, yeah. what's happening? It's the, it's the simultaneous um, first and last name, both starting with the same letter. Yeah. This is the, yeah, this exactly. is it. Yeah, that is the problem. Benny Beningame, Odell Fire. We've got anybody else that we should be worried about? Don't think so. Nah, no, no the now, thankfully. <laughs> um, but I felt like Benny's overall performance was very Benny Beningame this season. I thought in moments he was really good where there was a point where he had the ball and like four players were around him and he somehow in three seconds got past all of them and played a great ball. And then we'll get to it. 
he's directly at fault for one goal and he just the amount of times he would just pass to a Rangers player and allow them to start a move again it was infuriating it's, it's, it's either outrageous or honking and there's no yeah, there's, there's no middle ground yeah. it, is, it is very annoying um, look if we talk about the first half <laughs> yeah I thought it was good I thought the first half was alright it was fine we we were we were riding the waves. Yeah, defensively we were very solid, and that part of the plan was working. Even though we were allowing them in a lot, we were standing lot. strong. Particularly thought, down the wings. Yeah, My that, actually, me. right here we go. You don't know this is planned, but oh God. I'm going for it now because this is we're speaking about Civic here, right? I figured. So we got an email last week from Fraser. Oh, so. A, ra- a rare email, so it keep, yes. keep, keep the emails coming. So, it's very much, that. thank you, Fraser, uh, for listening. He, said, he sent this in, and I think it's an interesting point, because I'll read this to you, and I, I want to just get your na- your like completely raw reaction. That's why I didn't tell you this was oh, planned. No, no. So is, this about, so, is this about something that I've said about Civic previously? No, it's not. Like no, right, it's okay. not. It's, it's Fraser giving his thoughts on Toby right. Civic. Okay. So... He said, hi guys, love listening to the show. He listens to the All The Hearts podcast and the week before he actually wrote into Scarves and right. Laurie read out uh, his point. However, he just wanted to, in case people hadn't heard it or stuff like that, just go to through us as well. each and every Hearts podcast. Yes. Massive fan of that. Um, Great work. And additionally, it, apparently there was a part kind of missed out from the email that made his point a bit lopsided. So, Interesting. I'll do my Done, sorry. You've got blood on your hands. Yes, exactly. So, this is his thoughts, um, and it's all about Toby Civic. So he said, eh, Last season, I felt after his goal against Hibs in the Scottish Cup, he was in a smoke screen of not getting criticised. He was one of our main defenders last year, and so far this season, and in my opinion, is nowhere near good enough to be classed as a defender, and on top of this, play for hearts. There are a number of goals that were his fault. For example, Rangers away last season, short header back, Aberdeen home, Although we won the Aberdeen opener, his attempt to head the ball and defend, not good enough. Aberdeen away, got beat 3-0, let his man easily run away and head the ball in. St Mirren, where we drew 2 all. Uh, Sibic against Gogic. Derby defeat, 1-0, uh, Hebs at Easter Road. His man that heads the ball back across. And then finally, the Derby draw this season, obviously the Sibic at the second goal was very important. Uh, these stood out Both to him goals. because the defending was that bad, he couldn't believe this was a professional so-called defender and two they were happening weekly more related to last season uh, Fraser said I wanted to make this point as I really do think the guy has gotten away with not getting a lot of criticism and has been at the heart of crucial games slash moments where he's let hearts down uh, this then links to his overall point as he said I feel there is other players that fall into this category of not being good enough and there needs to be serious consideration on is this squad we've got actually good enough slash got what it takes to play for heart we've definitely got some good players but I think recruitment has been poor which is a problem over several years where we took too much of a gamble and pretty random signings I've said for years where surely there is players within the various Scottish leagues that are good enough if not better than what we've been bringing in Often this could be cheaper as well. My opinion is Hearts need to take more of a scavenger approach, not rely on it, and look to take the better Scottish League players off the other teams. 
Uh, when I say this, I don't just mean Scottish nationality or premiership players. And stop making signings who have no idea what Scottish football is about and don't uh, hurt half enough when they get beat on a Saturday. There's plenty of other areas that heart needs to be questioned, and I'm not saying my point is solely what is wrong, but is one of the factors of what is wrong with hearts at the moment. So, first of all, massive thank you to Fraser for writing in. Good email. Sending that in. Um, I will say, I, I want to get your reaction because I think we'll slightly differ on this. I don't know if I agree fully with that. I definitely agree with points. But what are your yeah. thoughts, first of all? Well, well, hold on a second. What, what do you disagree with in that? Because I, I do feel for Civic. I, I, don't, I don't think... He's certainly not a right back. No. I he's such he's such an odd like an odd player to kinda solely place into one position. So I, was, I, I I don't I couldn't tell you what his best position is, McIver. I don't know if it's I think it's half. right centre half of a three. Of I think a, he's very solely Craig a three. No, he can't play in a back four. Prob- unless he's got Halkett or Kent beside him, no. And you don't want either of them on the left side. Of, nah. a two, of, a, of a flat back four, so you are yeah. you are looking at a three. So could, it's could we play him in the middle of the park because he is an athlete. Yes, I think we could. I think we absolutely could play Toby Civic in the middle of the park, and that gets on. I just worry about his positioning within. That's fair. If, if you're playing, yeah. if you're playing a double pivot ahead of a flat back four, and he's yeah, he probably on the right doesn't get in. He probably doesn't get in ahead of either Devlin, Benny, or Newenhoff. No, apparently no. Pivot. But that, I mean it. In games that we are not perceived as favourites, you're probably picking two of those four to start in anyway. That's true. I think that I, very I, true. I think in the middle of the park is probably our weakest area, and that's where we should try and. I was going to say shoehorn them in. That would be so hypocritical of me because I do hate square pegs and round holes. But I couldn't tell you what shape the peg is with Toby Civic. I don't, yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I think Newenhoff, Benny Beningame, Cami Devlin, and Toby Civic is a great four to choose from in that area mm-hmm. as Fraser as Fraser isn't it as Fraser pointed yeah. out in the rest of his email there are other areas where we are lacking and in my mm-hmm. my opinion that is ahead of them yeah that's George fair. Grant's um, not done enough I don't think Liam Boyce yeah. is a 10 like he, he is but he's not he doesn't seem to be particularly fancied which again is weird yeah it's weird I, I don't get it I, I and I don't think Boyce is a like a creative influence like that I think he just I think he creates for himself but I, don't, I, I can't see him playing like that precision pass for a Shankland or sending one long to get Vargas or whoever I don't know I think Boyce I don't know I think Boyce can bring I think Boyce is at his best when he's bringing everybody in but I think it almost looks like he's bringing himself in because he just keeps it ticking mm-hmm. so well but my point was going to be where I said that I slightly disagree is that I understand what Fraser's saying and what a lot of people have said with that, oh, because of his goal at Easter Road and stuff that people, when they criticise him. I personally would disagree because I would say that for a lot of last season I felt like he was one of our few players, especially in that run where you were like, oh, well, Civic still played well. Like, he was still all right. There was moments in weeks where you'd be like, there's no positives, there's no positives, there's no positives. Oh, Toby was actually all right. There, but listen, that's where it—that's completely subjective. That's just how people will view the game differently. The thing I very much agree with what Fraser was saying was about the recruitment generally, where just there have been, of course, 
good signings over the last couple of years. But this season, only Kent has been like an undisputed great signing. I would still say Vargas and Neuenhoff have been good signings. You, you, you like Neuenhoff, I'm surprised you didn't I d- edge I him do in like that Neuenhoff. Kent category. But he's not played as much as Ken. He's mm. and I know it, some of that. He's sort, like he sort of yet to like establish that. himself as like yeah, a first totally. choice or whatever. Whereas Kent is just like yes, Kent's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's been great. He, he's and the replacement at, Halkett. Where it's like yeah, we, totally. we missed a Craig Halkett for so long. We've got another in yeah. Frankie Kent. Yeah, but I would like we spoke about him earlier. We both said we wanted him. Uh, we wanted Hearts in the summer to go and get Yandanda. I know it's not as oh, simple like as just. We want to go and get players, so go and get them. What's the problem? Like, there's so many, there's a lot of intricacies. He was seemingly on trial, I thought, like a season or two ago before he ended up at Ross County. Yeah. I just think. Annoying. The the point Fraser makes about how we do sign a lot of project players, and I understand why we do that at points because it's it's probably low cost low risk that's in that case, same that, sense that's the case throughout the division though yeah true I, like I, I, I've been involved in kind of an argument today at work whereby I'm, I'm basically saying Celtic and Rangers cannot go out and spend that type of money anymore they could, they can't go out and shell I mean what what Celtic's record signing is what 9 million I think Rangers is 12 am I right in saying I think they, so they it's tricky enough to attract a, a, a top player to Scottish football given you know top, top players move on from Scottish football to pastures new and go down south yeah. they use it as a stepping stone so I think I think that's the case for Celtic and Rangers all the way down the division that is that is true um, but yeah just kind of overall thoughts on Fraser's thing I, I disagree with him slightly where I, I think I'm not saying by the way that Toby Sibick is the greatest defender we have no I think, he's not exempt from criticism far from it no and I think there are games where he does just like you're sat there going, he's had the worst game ever, and you're like, how is this the same Toby Sibbick that a few games ago was strolling it and stuff like that? He's very frustrating as a player, but I do think part of that is because he's clearly a confidence player. He's been involved in a season where we've not had a lot of success. We've had a massive collapse, and then thrown this into a position that isn't his. Yeah, basically, there's that pressure on there because there is nobody else that can play there at present. Yeah, I I totally get where people are coming from. I wouldn't be as harsh on others, but then maybe like I wouldn't say I'm biased, but I would just say I just I like Civic, so I'd like to see him do better. I I I feel for him because all these factors, like he probably, I I even messaged you on on Sunday saying that he probably would be my first change, but then in hindsight, who like who do who do you bring on for him? Do yeah, you, because it you, would, it go, would need to be Alan Forrest. Forrest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just, just think, ah, oh, to hell with this. Let's just go yeah. for it and see see what we can do. But I, yeah. I don't know. But massive thank you to Fraser for emailing in. It's greatly appreciated. If anybody wants to, we will always read out stuff that isn't just being like, you two, no, fuck all. And in fairness, you're right, so we'll probably read that out <laughs> as well. So go for it. We need to start scouring uh, Jambo's kickback with obviously the rave reviews. Richard called back in. I'm, I'm watching you. We'll um, get to it. <laughs> we, we certainly will. Um, but in the first half, I, look, I could go through each kind of every detailed chance. We only really had one opportunity yeah. in that first half, and I, I use that term loosely. Four minutes, Lauren Shankland 
sends a snapshot virtually straight at Jack Butlin from a relatively tight angle. But in terms of Rangers' opportunities in that first half, we had Danilo blazing over the bar a couple of times. We had uh, Abdallah Sima heading one at the back stick. Decent save by Xander Clark. Todd Cantwell heading towards goal. Um, beginning to kind of crank the tempo up as we approach the half hour and, and into half time. Um, but MacIver, for me, I just felt as though they were getting a lot of joy in the flanks. It seemed like they would just roll it out to the fullbacks, i.e., Borna Barisic and James Tavernier, cross and try and take advantage of Hearts' kind of defensive shape. Would, would you go along with that? Yeah, definitely. Much like against Livingston, I thought at least in the first half, Kai Rolls was our best player because he was yeah. winning everything in the air. I know a lot of it was unchallenged, but normally, I mean, about three months ago, Rolls wouldn't be winning the headers. Like, that, he would be that Seema header, my only gripe with him was getting done by James Tavernier on the on the line. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we've seen James Tavernier do that to, to everybody. He's a winner playing fullback. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, I, d- I think I tweeted, and it probably was harsh at the time. I think I tweeted, I, there was a four-minute spell where Rangers had about four chances, yeah, really right. quickly, one after the other. And I tweeted just going, this isn't working. This feels like it's a I matter of time. I think it was about a quarter of an hour to maybe like yeah. 19, 20 minutes. Yeah. I think so. And maybe I was a bit harsh, because it, for that first half, it did. We were allowing them a lot of chances, but we were standing very firm. But it very much just fit. it didn't feel like it did at Ibrox where you were like alright okay we actually could be doing something here we're pushing forwards bizarrely we were more comfortable at Ibrox yeah I think the pitch does have a massive like part to play in that maybe because Ibrox is a big pitch but Hamden is bigger yeah so, and Ibrox you still feel like you're condensed yeah. in a wee bit because you're Touch tight, whereas with that bloody running track, it's I mean it's yeah. massive. Hamden, I'm an absolute yeah. shit heap. But I was I'll be honest, when half time came, I was like, this has went way better than I thought. I know we've not created anything, but I expect us to be a couple down at half time. So considering we went in with a clean sheet, I was like, Okay, this is it's it's going Still all right. firmly in the thick of it. Yeah. yeah, totally. I was just like, right, hopefully we come out second half and start pushing a wee bit more. But those hopes were shot down inside the space of four minutes at the start of the second half. Was it that quick? 48 minutes it was, yes. Oh my um, God. As the game's complexion changed in an instant, as only hearts could do. John Lundstrom heads a rather aimless ball forward which is headed back to Xander Clarks by Kai Rolls, who, I agree with you, first half I thought it was excellent. Upon reflection, watching the highlights, second half, not not his greatest afternoon, not his greatest 45-minute spell. He's under pressure from substitute Scott Wright. However, Danilo gets on the end of the Rolls header and is caught by our goalkeeper inside the area. The oh-so-familiar shout of penalty to Rangers is apparent once more, Daniel McIver, and it appears once again that hearts are the masters of our own downfall. That's what's so annoying. Oh, it's, kills you. So, so many of the you. goals, so many of the goals that we concede, particularly under Naismith, recently, seem to be yeah. mistakes that we've made. Um, I understand how Rolls will come under criticism for this because it's a backwards header, obviously. I don't think I it's still, a great header. I, I wanted to get your take on it. It's not a great header. 
It's not a great header, but I don't think it should end up as disastrous as it does. No, definitely not. Kingsley, I saw people criticising Kingsley for this as well, who I actually thought was one of our better performers over the 90. Yeah. Um, but Kingsley clearly just goes, oh, Xander's getting this. So he peels away to be an option for the throw. So as a result, it lets Daniel just run clear. And listen, this season especially, we've been saying that Xander Clark has been a more like a very capable backup to Craig Gordon. Couple he, great stops in that first half. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Even in this game, one hundred percent in that first half, he made a couple of saves that it was like. He's one from Catwell at the near post. I think is particularly outstanding. Yeah, that's great. And you'd be thinking, right, we probably had would have had an even bigger collapse last season if it wasn't for but if we just had like to rely time. on Ross Stewart and stuff like that. I cannot wait for Craig Gordon to come back. This half, or should I say this twenty minutes, what well, I feel bad for him, but there's now nothing he could do, I don't think, that would make me ever feel comfortable with Xander Clark being our main number one. No, no, I don't think so. He, he, what is he doing here? He doesn't need to do this at all. I don't want to be disrespectful, but you can like, see why he was at St Johnston for so long. Yeah, totally, totally. You can see why he, we brought him in as a backup, not yeah. as number one. Like, Danilo, yes, he's waiting for the contact to happen. I totally get that. But there is then contact. I disagree when people were comparing it to the Bobby Zlomal Edward oh. one. That's not the same because Clark makes contact with them. I was at the literally the other end with you <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but as soon as it happened I went, Oh, I think that is a penalty. I think my head was pretty much in my hands at that stage. Like... Just and then dive. <laughs> Fucking dive. Well, th- right? Th- th- this is what I was gonna say. So James Tavernier obviously steps up, takes his third spot kick against Xander Clark in the space of seven days. He's gone down the middle late on in Govan, right? Clark predicts that he'll do similar here, but he just he passes it to the keeper's left. It's not even like fully in the corner. No, it's as though Tavernier's just in his head thinking he's going to assume that I'm going to go down the middle here. I'll just slide slide it in that bottom corner, and we're we're one 0 down. Fifty minutes on the clock by the time it's eventually taken. The only reason Tavernier went down the middle on Sunday is because he'd previously missed one. Exactly. And and this is it. Like, the goalkeeper looks like a numpty if he doesn't dive. Yeah. So. Just, it, I don't care if you it, dive the complete it, wrong yeah. way. You've just, at least committed just go Just go aside and, like, if, if they do do you down the middle... Like, it has to be pretty much the perfect execution. I always think back to the Craig Beatty penalty. Yeah. He had to get that yeah. spot on, and he did. And but it just... also, Xander Clark isn't a wee guy. No. So if you think, oh, he might go down the middle, th- dive with your legs up. So just fling a leg at it. So even then, if you mi- if they miss it, if you miss it, sorry, it kind of goes, oh, well, wee, he tried, yeah. like he did something. I was way more annoyed at that. I'm never going to criticise keepers for penalties, right? Because it's, it, the chances of actually yeah. saving a penalty... It's all, so it's, all, it's, it's all on the taker. But dive! <laughs> I never understand why keepers don't dive. 
because they're all big. You never get a five foot seven goalkeeper who, even if he jumped <laughs> with his legs, isn't he getting there? It's like Santa Claus like six two. You just like dive just to one side to and look like an absolute half foot if you don't. And that's it. At that point, I was like, "That's the game done." We had to get the first goal, and we didn't. However, we would go in search for a response as Frankie yep. Kent's header connects, or Frankie Kent connects with a header as George Grant's corners in the one time the, he's ever yeah. got a header on target, and we come up against Jack Butlin. Yeah, it's annoying. But as you rightly say, that was about as good as it got in a heart yeah. sense, of, in a heart's offensive sense, as the Jairs would double their lead a few minutes later. I am really, really sick of this guy. Again, Frankie Kent's at the heart of the action. A superb tackle on Abdallah Sima. The ball breaks to Ryan Jack, who centres for Danilo. He uses the man over, who is Scott Wright, scoring his second goal against Hearts at Hamden in as many matches. Having scored none in the middle in between those uh, games as well. This bloke was meant to be going to Turkey. He was meant to be going down south somewhere. Why is he still here? And why? Why does he? Why does he just? Uh, where does this killer instinct against Hearts and come from? It's an absolutely thunderous finish into the far corner. Past Xander Clark in a flash. He's got no chance. Two 0 no. Game over. Why is Scott Wright untouchable at Hamden against us? He's as the type of player he... we should go in for. If Rangers yeah. give him surplus the requirements, then I'll have some of that. As soon as he came on, I went, well, he's scoring. He just knew it. It was like, of course he's going to score. Um, Benny Beningamy, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing? Mate, what are I we love all you. doing, MacIver? Like, yeah, true. But I think what, for look example... Look at the space he's got. But I think that's because we are comfortable in possession. So both Kingsley and Cochrane have went, all right, okay, right, we're comfortable in possession. We'll push forward and create... Oh, 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 oh. Hey, Benny's lost it. Benny's just passed it in Nibde and they're in. So then suddenly the defence is massively at sixes and sevens. And if it was already probably over after the penalty, it's very much over by now. Absolutely. You mentioned Stephen Kingsley, who we both thought had a, a great game. He cuts in from the right-hand side, sends a wicked effort towards goal after Alex Cochran's long ball was won back by Benny Beningamy and sent forward to the full-stroke centre-back. But, as you say, Jack Butland, probably the best goalkeeper in the country this season, pulls out yeah. a superb stop to deny Hearts a route back into the game. And it would go from 2 to 3 on 61 minutes. As you say, this is just... Again, like playing at Rangers, yet another capital club capitulation. Lauren Shanklin dispossessed as Rangers go on the search for a third goal. Scott Wright filled on the edge of the area by Kai Rolls. Free kick to Rangers. Up steps James Tavernier with another set piece, but I'm not being funny. Xander Clark, Michael McGovern, possibly another outfield player that we'd stick in goal. They're getting nowhere near that James Tavernier free kick, which bent right into the top corner. A posted stamp finish, a stunning set piece, 3-0, and McIver the wait for Hearts to win this tin pot trophy. The Scottish League Cup continues. I get what you're saying, and you're you're completely right about the Tavernier free kick. As soon as he stepped up, I just turned to my dad and was like, well, this is in. He's scoring this. <laughs> but still dive! Like, move! <laughs> Like, I'm not going to hold it against him that much for this one. And that's why I'm not really going to... 
I still think Kyrol's played well, right? Because at this point, I was like, it doesn't fucking matter what we do. I don't care. It's the, it's the, when we went 2 0 down, I was like, right, that's it. I might as well just fucking give up now. Like, I don't give a fuck that Rolls fouled him on the edge. I don't care. But it is just like, of course he's got to score that. And then, then that then led the mass exodus of people out, but not us. No, I don't know we why. Stayed. I don't know why we. I don't know why uh, either. Uh, but should, should have just got a carry out and headed but for the bus. We stay. We stayed, and we got nearly a really funny moment where I was just like, "Oh, fucking course we've went down to ten men," but we got to have a sarcastic cheer of like, "Yeah!" Oh my god, you've actually done your job well for once. Um, well. After initially fucking up, I should say. Yeah, after the most inexplicable fuck-up ever. Um, however, I want to talk about Yutaro Oda, because I know mm-hmm. it's easy when the game's all but done, but was actually looking to make things happen off the bench. We came forward with Kenneth Vargas, he links up with Oda, who cuts inside Borna Barisic, sends a left-footed effort goalwards on 70 minutes, but again, another routine stop for Jack Butlin. But at least he was trying to make stuff happen, because as you say, on 77 minutes... My goodness gracious me. Nicholas Walsh, hang your head in shame. Cochrane again finds Oda. Japanese winger, down the flank, centres for Stephen Kingsley, <laughs> who goes down to the Rangers area under the challenge of Ben Davis. The officials believe that he dived. He's shown a second booking just so quickly it's uncanny for simulation. After he's cautioned in the first half, hearts are down to 10. Or so it would seem. My favourite thing. VAR comes in and oh, saves us. <laughs> After he does his little telly drawing. Yeah. Oh, I, I really... I have but, never seen a man, by the way, can I just say, before we continue, I've never seen a man so convinced he didn't die oh. in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he was just telling Shanklin, ball, come here, ball. I'm not getting sent off. Get that ball. Get him tell. <laughs> yeah, Nick Walsh kept being like, right, but I have sent you off, so you need to do just go off to oh, that. And Kingsley was just God. like a child standing being like, no. I'm not leaving. You know, I'm you, not getting sent off. You know who love like a protest whenever you watch, whenever you watch like an Inter Milan or like a Juve in Europe. It always seems to be Italian teams and they're over and they're giving the hand yeah. gestures, like bothering the referee. That was yeah. yeah I think Kingsley, uh, Kingsley was perhaps inspired by the big Lombardia Hearts flag behind the goal. Um, Maybe, but I just <sighs> Nick Walsh, right? One of my one of my classmates who's a St Mirren fan tweeted saying that he is bar none the worst referee in this country which is strong words considering the calibre of officials it's always all about him and he, I know. like he always like he decided to have his wee wander over yeah he has a look he realises just like every every other match that he's ever been in charge of in history that he's made the wrong call and no repercussions come from McIver it's so I've... annoying I've said that before as well. I think Nick Walsh is the worst. Threat oh, without like, a doubt, by far. Um, and it is just because like, others I'm, get accused of being biased, right? But he's just incompetent. Yeah, he, he just, yeah, he's he just, just shit. Yeah, he just doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and you you summarised it well. It is because it is very much like I'm the referee. Like you'll listen to me, you'll do what I want. Um, and I, I never. I always have a weird relationship with it. I never really at a game get annoyed at refs. I 
I, in the first half of the Livingston game, totally disagreed with the crowd on both Benny and Devlin's bookings, where they were like, that's never a booking. They were both clearly booking. They both <laughs> needlessly half nubly for no reason from behind. They're definitely bookings. So I'm very much, I always try and understand. You're so right where it's like, people get accused of bias. It's never that. It's just that they're bad. No, it's just terrible. Right? It's, it's never that. So I never sit there and go, oh, well, he's rubbish because he doesn't like us and stuff like that. Like, I never do that. But you you summed up perfectly there where it gets, the frustration comes from the fact that they never get any form of punishment. No. And I don't mean punishment in as much as, like, I don't think you should be able to ref a top fight game all season and yeah, stuff like that. Like a demotion. Like, if he was down south, he'd be lucky to be getting National League North games. Yeah, it's like have something in place to hold referees Athlete. responsible for I, I and then, know who, the, then like, you'd become a referee this is the this is another problem that we've got very true because that is the other thing where it's like there needs to be far more support for referees yeah. because if there is then that le- will lead to better decisions because they'll be more confident in themselves and not being constantly undermined how many start and, interviewing referees to come on and give the justification oh I was absolutely adamant at least come out and explain it like that something. never happens either yeah, I think, like, again, I thought this weekend in the Scottish Cup games was a great advert for VR because I think it got everything right. I think it did correctly uh, deny Boyle's goal for being offside. It correctly didn't give Venti a penalty. This is and... the thing, right? Because everybody's called out VAR, yet it's worked well here. It's yeah. not. It, it's thanks to VAR that we get a goal back and don't yeah. go down to 10 men. So yeah, take totally. your anger out on the actual officials that made the decision without yeah. the con- the consultation of VAR. Yeah, one hundred percent, totally. By the way, can I just say I've never wanted Lauren Shanklin to miss a penalty more in my life. Why? Because I was like, he's going to miss one at some point. Please just yeah. miss it in a game that means <laughs> I'm nothing. One. Yeah. yeah, do yeah. it now when it doesn't matter. <laughs> I wonder where you go with that. Nice. I was still I still celebrated yeah, that he scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh maybe he's just never gonna miss. But he will miss at some I know technically, technically missed against Celtic, but that never happened officially Didn't because count. it was retaken. Didn't count. But I was like, oh if you're going to miss one Lawrence, just miss it now, mate, where it means absolutely nothing. However, he didn't. Stepped up. He didn't scored 3 1. But ultimately, too little too late. And the fourth official and all the Rangers fans were absolutely chuffed to see them advance to the Scottish League Cup <laughs> final. What do you make of that as well, by the way? My I think God. folk have, I think folk have read too much into a nod. Oh. I think it, it. I was annoyed. At the, the, I got it sent it as I was obviously in the ground. I got sent it about four times. Be like, have you seen this? It this just, is a disgrace. It doesn't excuse another pitiful performance at the National but Stadium for Hearts. I also just think. The the way that David Dickinson has been like mercilessly attacked for probably an out of context oh, just good get off smile. Him. <laughs> like, get back to bloody bargain hunting real deal and all yeah, this crap exactly. but I do not think that should have been the main focal point of the game no, but I will just, say we're, we're looking to vent elsewhere aren't we? so yeah I was not, and I'm not going to try and pretend that I was. I was nowhere near as angry as it seemed some people because I expected a four or five nil battering. I made my piece with it the day before. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was. I was just like, right, okay, the is. usual happened. But it seemed that a lot of people were very angry. Yeah, shall shall we talk about um, another sort of 
instant that angered the fan base, which we were <laughs> quote unquote involved in. By proxy, we were involved in. <laughs> yes, because obviously there has been lots of speculation surrounding Stephen Naismith and his position as the Hart Midlothian manager slash head coach. Um, obviously, everybody's seen the, the legitimate WhatsApp messages that did emerge. Yep. Citing that there is player unrest, supposedly, that the players have called a meeting, they're not happy with tactics. It's going to be tough for Stephen Naismith to turn this around. However, however, I will be gobsmacked if Robbie Nielsen were to come back as the Heart of Midlothian manager. What are you talking about, Adam? You pre- you've said that you've got it on the highest sources that he is going to come back. Richard Cobb will simultaneously kill me and this podcast. That's what he, I feel like that's what he wants. That's genuinely what he wants. He does. That is what he wants. Can I just... Right, I've got it in front of me, right? <laughs> I said... The only thing I said about it on Twitter... If you've not... If you've somehow not seen it, it is, according to Richard Cobb, a legitimate WhatsApp message <laughs> saying, Adam Kennedy, Nielsen back as interim manager, all but confirmed. MacIver... Not gutted by this news, if I'm honest. Who's your source? Adam Kennedy. Can't say, but announcement tomorrow. Third time lucky. Fingers crossed. Union Jack. Now, we won't get into the fact that Richard is convinced you are a Rangers-loving unionist. Or the fact that you just just don't have a first name. You just don't don't have a first name. Yeah, but all I said on Twitter was, is that the reaction to this is proof why we are fan-owned and not fan-run. <laughs> How fucking dense are some of our supporters that they thought this oh. was true? Why did... My phone was red hot, hot, can it just say, by the way. So Paul, was mine. Folk were asking me who my source is. What are yeah. you talking about? And then, obviously, I figured, oh, my God, here we go. My message says, not gutted by this news, if I'm honest. I'm not a 19th century <laughs> thespian. Who speaks like that to a mate about... Nielsen back as neutral manager. Not gutted by this news, if I'm honest. <laughs> that should have been the first kind of thing. I just, I just love how he it's thinks that I've just been sat there on like my Monday Monday morning, made no interaction with you whatsoever. But I'm just going Nielsen back as interim manager. Like not even a not even a hi mate. How's your weekend? Nah. <laughs> not even what's like... what are you up to. Or, oh my god, I've got some news for you. Just Nielsen back as interim manager. He's even got the same background as the legitimate one, and people still didn't pick it up. For fuck's sake. It did give me a wee laugh, but he did stitch us up rotten. He messaged me. He messaged me going, I cannot believe how many people have bought this. It was unbelievable. He he does. He loves giving it to us. We need him him on here. He'll come on here and he can explain himself. And just, we need like a therapy session where he can just get it off his chest. (laughs) Get all this anger, this built up frustration. Like, what's it down to? Just, it's time to talk, Richard. Come on. I think it's because we don't have him on every week that he's just furious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He is. He does just seem to be begging these appearances. We'll we'll get him on and he can explain his situation but we'll get him on after we take on Motherwell at Firth Park this weekend this Saturday we're up against McIver a steel men side who are winless in eight Scottish Premiership matches their last victory in the league came at the expense of us at Tynecastle in the first week of September a 1-0 victory in Gorgie 
and I can't believe we've left it this late to talk about their match last night as we record that took place at McDermott Park, Perth against Craig Levine's yes! St. Johnston. Come on. Wow. What did you, I'm a St. Johnston you... fan now. <laughs> Craig Levine and Andy Kirk as a duo. Are you being serious? It's 2002 all over again. Never had never had this soft spot for breaking in all the time that both of, both of them were at the club. Who gives a shit? Get out of your breaking. I'm so I'm so happy Levine's back in the league. It's box I am so it's, it's what Scottish football needs, isn't it? People will try and tell you, Hearts fans are like, you shouldn't like him, you should hate him. I love that man, and will love that man forever. I do. I'm so chuffed. Like, I am really angry with how it ended under Levine, but by the same score, I do just have a soft spot for him. Like, he's I the first him. manager that I had at, like, a presser, and same. I was shit scared of him. I, like, he was enormous. I thought, oh my God, he does not appear to be this brick shit house. In the same way that he's just sat there in the training gear at the Orium. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was late. Unca- I also, unsurprisingly. Unsurprisingly. I will say this. I do actually think it's quite a sensible appointment. See, there's lots of folks late in the appointment. But if they make, if he makes St. Johnston hard to beat, I think that's invaluable. I think that's what you need down mm. there. Did you see his first it's just his hearts team that was piss easy to beat. That's yeah. the only problem. And the fact that he's not managed in the top tier for four years. Did you see his presser or any of it? I saw his first interview. Uh, so that with, that's fine because he basically said the same thing. Yeah, with the guy, with the the head of media and comms who, who did my course at UWS. Funnily enough, oh, okay. um, and yeah, I saw I saw him sit down with with Craig. He Levine. just kind of he sounded really sensible and was just like, "Oh yeah, I've got Andy Kirkin to be kind of the energy. I'm going to be the tactics and just." There's no point in getting too far ahead of ourselves. We just need to kind of have a look at everything, overview the squad, and try and get some results to get to January where we can freshen stuff up. And I was like, this just sounds really sensible in what they should do. Yeah. And then look at, I know they chucked away a two goal lead. You look at it like that. But at the same time, they got to, within 25 minutes, they were two goals up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. There's, there's definitely something there. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, we both sort of had written St Johnston off. It would be yeah. quite ironic if a Craig Levine St Johnston side were I'd love able it. to survive. I'd love it. I hope they relegate Ross County. <laughs> so that we can steal Johan Dander. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that is literally my logic. 100%. Um, but Motherwell, yes. I'm terrified. <laughs> we're going to lose. Score. Of course we're going to lose. 2-1 Motherwell. I also think we'll score, but will I be optimistic and say that we'll hold them to a draw? I don't think a, a draw doesn't do us. I think if, to for the next nine games, if Naismith doesn't take at least six points, he should be sacked. From the next nine games? No, from the nine... next three games, if he doesn't right, take nine okay. points. All right. <laughs> <laughs> six points for nine games, how far have we I'm giving, them, I'm giving them till January and only expecting them to win... Fucking twice. Six out of twenty-seven points. <sighs> no, from the next nine points, next three games. If he doesn't win two of them, I get, at least two of them, he he should be away. So that's Motherwell away, St Johnston at Tyne Johnston Castle, at home, and Kilmarnock away. away. Yeah, Killy on paper is the hardest game there. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You put it like that. Because obviously it's an out of form Motherwell, but it is us on the road. St Johnston, we 
should be at Tyne Castle, yeah. given that we did them at, at, in Perth. Out of form, Motherwell is even kind of being polite to them. They're fucking awful right now. Six defeats in their last eight winless games as well. Yeah. Like, so it is like the most us thing! Two points but it's like, who do you need? I know, but what? again, it, 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 say, they, say their goal in midweek at 0-0 had stood and they'd then gone on to win that game against St Johnston. We'd yeah. be coming on saying, oh my God, that's typical, isn't it? Motherwell winless in seven oh, yeah. games. Either way, they just pick, they, they pick up that <laughs> yeah. win just conveniently before they play Hearts. Yeah. Either way, we can make it negative oh, about us. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But the, the absolute fear. So what you're saying, 2-1 Motherwell. 2-1 Motherwell. Theo Bear double. The only time he'll ever do that in his career. I'll go, I'll go on an optimistic one each draw need to win we and we're all these bastards after what happened in Gorgie yeah no matter listen before we go we've got a wee quiz and I said, I said to MacIver three of the questions I'm asking him but I can simultaneously make multiple choice because I've got that as backup if that makes any sense yeah um, the first of which is about the main man Craig Levine is back in Scottish Premiership management ironically taking over at McDermott Park where his second spell as Hearts manager came to an end following a 1-0 defeat to St Johnston what I want to know Daniel McIver is which Jambos defender's own goal that night spelt the end for Levine in his second spell at Hearts do you know any or do you want the multiple choice right hold on I'm trying to think of that back line so Michael Smith would have been playing uh, My multiple Bera. choice is the back line if you want that. Michael Smith, Bera. Bera must have been in on that. Thing. Aye, give me the multiple choice. A, Aaron Hickey. B, Michael Smith. C, Christoph Bera. Or D, A.D. White. Oh, why does it. I feel like it's between A.D. White and Christoph Bera. <laughs> Hickey, why? I know it was a corner or something, so everyone's defending, but I don't think Hickey would do that. Okay. Michael Smith, I love him too much to even imagine he scored <laughs> a long goal. Christoph Bear at this point was terrible, and Eddie White was consistently terrible, apart from one 20 minute spell in the semi final. Um, <laughs> he turned it to Ronaldinho. Yeah, exactly, for no reason. I'm going to go with Eddie White. MacIver. Oh, you said it, it was between Christoph Berra and Eddie White, and I'm afraid you've made the wrong choice today, my friend. Fuck. It was C, Christoph Berra. Shit. Shit. No matter. Right. You've got a chance to immediately redeem yourself. Hearts head to Fur Park this weekend to take on an out-of-form Motherwell who haven't won in the Scottish Premiership since they beat Hearts at Tyne Castle in the first week of September. But who scored the winner for the well in Gorgie that day? Again, can give you multiple choice if you need it. I was about to say, I couldn't name you a single forward. For The only one I know is Blair Spittle. And it okay. might be him. So go with multiple choice. A, Harry Payton. B, right. Blair Spittle. C, Callum Slattery. Or D, Theo Bear. I think it's Callum Slattery because I remember the move being good. Oh, but did... Spittle play to Slattery or did Slattery play I'm going to go with Calm Slattery as he went with two C's he has correct yeah. answer <laughs> as you great. say it was a lovely move finished off by Calm yeah. Slattery it was originally fired as offside there and then they got yes. given yeah that's right after yeah. the check you're right. question three true or false 
Hearts oh, have God. never beaten Rangers at Hamden in their entire history. Is this a trick question? Because that final three words is a weird one. Because it is true that we've never beaten them. But the way you've wanted that makes me be like, oh, is there a weird thing? I'm... The answer is that, yes, we have never beaten Rangers at Hamden. Correct. True. <laughs> Why did you word it like that? <laughs> I'm like, it's so obvious. It's so obvious that I was like, this can't, I've, I've got it wrong. I've misunderstood oh, what just, he's saying. He's trying to sneak on into the slide. <laughs> that, would, that nearly worked. Because my brain went, it's a double bluff, it's false. He means something random. Sadly, you're too wise for that. Yeah. Question, so you're two from three. Decent start. I'll take it. Question four. Prior to Lauren Shanklin's penalty, who scored the Jambos' last goal against Rangers at the National Stadium? Again, multiple choices there, should you need it. Uh, right, so we obviously got beat. We didn't score in the Scottish Cup final. Was the last time we played them in the Austin McPhee semi-final? I'm going to go yes, because I can't think of another more recent one. So, the forward options that day were inexplicably Craig White in wide left, Machino, Someday on the right, and Steve McLean. It would be the most embarrassing if it was Steve McLean. So I'm going to go with Steve McLean. McIver, I hate to break it to you. But Hearts have never scored at Hamden against Rangers in our lifetime. Oh, it finished prior. 3-0, didn't it? It did. It finished 3-0. Is it damn the last one? No, because that oh, final was at Celtic Park. Oh so, my god. John Calhoun's goal in the 5-1 Scottish Cup final defeat back in 1996 was our last goal against Rangers Jesus. at the National Stadium. My options were Alan Johnston, Pasquale Bruno, John Cahoon or Dave McPherson. So I'm delighted that you thought that we scored with that Jobby's front for four s- under For Austin some reason I had it in my head that we also lost that game 3-1. No. I, I, I know. No. I, I, I was in Milan, thankfully, that, that day. That I was there. I stayed oh, to the end of that, I know, thinking. for some reason. Oh, God. I was getting the updates on my mobile. Horrific. Right, we arrive, however, at the Who right. Am I? Here we go. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think this is quite tricky. I, I, yeah. Okay. But it's about time I gave you a really tricky one. Yeah. Aside from one that wasn't put forward by a bloody viewer. So here we go. True. Uh, right. I arrived in Gorgate from an English Premier League powerhouse in the second of three loan spells away from my parent club. After leaving Hearts, making just three appearances for HMFC and the club which I joined the Jambos from, the manager at my new club claimed to have signed me for a tenner after the club themselves had previously stated my transfer fee was undisclosed. I'm currently without a club, having played non-league football for the last three years, and I've only ever played in England, Scotland and the Netherlands. Who am I? Bloody hell, that is tricky. Right. Getting this man's Wikipedia up as we speak. Really not giving me a lot to work with there. Christ, eh, right, I'm going to have to narrow it down. Do you see three appearances? Yes. I think this is the record for the lowest amount of appearances that we've had in Who Am I? Perhaps. I might be wrong, because Steve Simmons had played, what, 11 or something. Right. Okay. Uh, a couple I've done with you have been like 8 and 5. I was about to say, I think we've had a couple single figures. 
Yeah, definitely. But, but I think not. this is well. Basel played eight, four times. Oh, four. oh, eight times. Yeah, sorry, it was eight times. Aye. So I think this is the lowest. So t- technically, it's the hardest one. Right. Submitted have equalised against Hibs. Can I just say? Oh, have they? Hooray. Mark O'Hara from the penalty spot. We love to see it. Oh, it was a penalty. Yeah, hopefully it was a controversial one. Yeah, you you would love to see it. <laughs> right. I need to narrow this down some way. Can I get between which seasons did this man play for the club? McIver, uh, 2017-2018 was when this man played for Hearts. Oh, shit. Right. Well, played for Hearts. Yeah, <laughs> made three appearances. Right. I don't think this is... No, it's not the right time frame. The only one I was thinking of was Dylan Bikey. And but you've done him already. I have done him already, and he definitely didn't join us on loan from a Premier League giant. Um, I mean, three appearances. That's really thrown me, because that was... So, 1718, Nielsen left in January 17. Okay. Is that correct? Uh, Did Nielsen leave us January 17? After thought, the Rangers game? I thought it was prior to that. I thought it was like October, November time. No? Oh, maybe, yeah. End of that. But like the 16-17 season he left us in. Cause he le- yeah, because it was early doors. Because Muirhead scored that double against Rangers. And then that was it he left. So it would have been about November. So this is a Cathro team. Right. Okay. This is Cathro era. Or is it? Or did it? Shit, did he get sacked? Coaching I, career on the 2nd of December 2016, MK Dons confirmed that Robbie Nielsen had right, been appointed cool. as manager. Yeah, so it was November we beat Rangers. Right, yes. hold on. So, Cathro comes in that January, then gets that... Yeah, this must be Cathro. Because... Oh, wait, shit. Did, was this... No, eighteen nineteen was the good season under Levine. Right, this is a Cathro team. He's played three games. We had him on loan. Right. It's it's surely not Jimmy Dunn, because he was good and must and played more than three games. Also, he didn't come along from a Premier League giant. He came along from Burnley. Um, <laughs> we should say about the mighty Clarets. <laughs> Listen, fair play to them, but I wouldn't call them a giant. Also, he, I don't think Jimmy Dunn ever played that. Now Connor Shaughnessy with Dunn, so it can't be him. Okay. Otherwise, you fucked up here. Um, but again, he came from Leeds, who at that point weren't a Premiership team. Um, I'm trying to think of any signings we made in that summer and January, and I can't think of a single one. I'm gonna ask. Oh, do I ask? I either need to ask the position, or do I ask what club he was on loan from, and will I remember us making fucking any? I don't think, despite him turning into a Tory Facebook mum, that it's Dimitri Mitchell, <laughs> despite his Twitter antics. But it might, but not, because obviously he played a lot in his first Tory spell. Facebook mum. That's basically what he is now. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're poor, you shouldn't be fat. It's like, all right, Demi, well in, mate. Um, do I ask what club he came from? Or do I ask the position? I'm going to ask, which Premier League club was he on loan from? McIver, this young man joined us on loan from Manchester City. 
I was literally going to say, as long as you don't say Man City, I should be fine. Because I don't know anyone who came from Man City. I feel like we had a full back. But unfortunately, and I think I can picture him, I don't know his name. (laughs) So this is a problem. Because I can picture the boy, actually, suddenly. I can picture him. But I don't know what his name is. I think he had a double-barreled surname. But I don't know what it is. I can tell by your fucking reaction that he did as well. And I don't know what his fucking name is. Right, hold on. What makes sense? I just keep thinking the only name that's coming out of my head is Callum Slattery. Which is not helping this situation at all. Um, right, what could his name be? My, my, my brain's like, it's not Ashley Maitland-Niles. Because that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, and I feel like I would have remembered if we had Maitland Niles <laughs> on loan from us. Right. I also think Ainsley th- Maitland Niles uh, does have a club. I'm pretty sure he plays for Leon. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Wait, shit. He doesn't have a club. Oh. Does that affect anything? Am I aware of <laughs> youngsters that didn't? Oh. Right, hold on, Daniel. I know we've had a long podcast, but I'm getting this. No, I, I want I, to. I get like this. it. I, I like your thinking out loud. It's it's entertainment. Because we we I'm try just... and be serious when it comes to our quote unquote analysis. However, yeah. we do also like to have a laugh on this podcast. Don't take life too seriously, Dan. Because this is when, like, Bera was great, so we wouldn't have played. It wouldn't have been a centre half. I feel like he's a fucking youngster. And I can't think of anyone's name. Who came in? Oh, Dania Mankwa came in in that window, I think. Naismith was on loan, but I have a feeling it's not Stephen Naismith. <laughs> um, oh, I swear he had a double-barreled surname. I think I might be totally wrong that he's a fullback. Right, think of folk who have played that doesn't have a club came in in that period I now can't think of other defenders Augustine was here I, th- I don't think Igor Rossi was still here uh, but they're both signed permanently uh, there's Christoph Berra, Juwan Oshinawa nah, it's no, who the fuck was it right back? Michael Smith Connor Randall this man joined in the same window as Michael Smith oh my god there's an extra clue for you just kind of nice I need a name. I need to think of a name. I'm not doing an Adam where he just doesn't guess a name. And I'm not... I feel like it's so close. I'm not doing a stupid one either where I just know I've got it wrong. I want to get someone. I feel like I've named every defender that was at the club except this guy. And I've just decided he's a defender. Double-barreled name. Michael Smith. Connor Randall. Blasi Augustine. Joan Oshinawa. Christoph Berra. Igor Rossi. Avlanitis was probably there at that point. He came in the same window as Michael Smith. Connor Randall. I feel like he was a right back. Smith Randall. Oh! Is it Ashley Smith Brown? Is it actually? If I've got this, 
Oh my god. Ashley Smith Brown, it was. Yeah, it, see when you said that it was the double barrel sin, I was like, oh no, he's got it. It was on the cusp. I could feel your frustration. I was yeah. like, as soon as I, I remember, I was like, we signed a guy that never played yeah, but had true. a double barreled name. He, he's, I'm he's so what, chuffed he's I got what Odell Afaya is giving me vibes of. And I really oh, hope that that's fair. not the case. Yeah, that's fair. But I just I, I thought I thought of him today, I was like, that's a cracker. I'm but I'm that's Googling impressive. this guy because I feel like I recognise him. That's very impressive. So he doesn't have a club. No, Thank he's you. he's twenty seven years of age. Um wow. if I if I run through kind of the uh, Yeah, I do the, remember the clues. So Hearts were the second of three loan spells away from Manchester City. His first was with NAC Breda in Holland, Hearts, then Oxford. After leaving Hearts, making just three appearances for HMFC and the club which I joined the jam was from, the manager at my new club, who was Derek Adams at Plymouth Argyle, claimed to have signed him for a tenner after Argyle had announced that it was undisclosed. Currently without a club, having played non-league football for the last three years, he was last with MacIver, Stallybridge Celtic, having played for Farsley Celtic and South Shields. He I think he's ass. just blighted by injury, which is a real, yeah. real shame because he was an, an England shame. under 16, 17, 18, 19 and 20 international. Bloody but, hell. Yeah, just now he's, now he's currently left in the wilderness. And you're right, fullback, it says on his Wikipedia... Primarily a left back, he's also been deployed as a right back owing to his, his two footedness. That's probably your most impressive get, I'd say, in the Who Am I so far. You should I'm be, so uh, chuffed with chuffed that. that. I think that's up there with Steve Simmons. You getting Steve Simmons. <laughs> Where it's on the tip of your tongue and then yeah. it just eventually flies out. Because when you started going, oh, I kind of can think of that. I was like, there's no way he's getting Steve Simmons. Yeah, and then you did. Your timing was a wee bit off. Because like oh, really? the, the Shaughnessy and Jimmy Dunn's were signed by Levine, I think of the season they were. prior. Of so course they were. So it was like Michael Smith, Kyle Lafferty. Uh, I think Smith Brown obviously was obviously in there amongst that. But yeah. I'm trying to think of others in terms of like who would have signed for Hearts. I think a Manqua came there at that time. Uh, I'd, I'd seen it on a Sky Sports article. I'd, I'd read through it. So right. Uh, former Peterborough right back Smith has signed a two year deal and will join his international teammate Kyle Lafferty at Tynecastle. Good lord. The other new faces wow. brought in by Ian Catherell this summer were Christoph Berra. Hold my hands up there. Sorry, you got mm, that right. Yeah. Cole Stockton. Oh my god. And Rafa Drelak at left back. Fuck me. Good lord. My lookalike, wow. my doppelganger. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Wow. What a, I'm so chuffed. I mean, with what that. a what a quintet of heart signings, and I he know. was in amongst that. Real shame. I'm s- I'm so happy with that. that That's impressive. my most proud one. That was impressive. I'm buzzing with that. Well, it'd be interesting to know if anybody else got them. If anybody's as sad as me and can remember that terrible time, <sighs> but. Please let us do know if you got it. And let us know if you enjoyed it. Bit of a longer one because semi-final, double games, loads to speak about. We hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you've been watching us on YouTube, please leave a like, comment and subscribe. We're on all the socials at Paisley. If you want to be like Fraser and send us over an email, Paisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you in all the socials? Uh, you can tweet me about how long it took you to remember Ashley Smith-Brown <laughs> at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmcaver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the hopefully positive Motherwell result 
and anything else that happens in between them. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.